Uh, okay, so uh, hello everybody, welcome back to Creeping It Real with me, Morgan. Um, you're listening to episode number two of this podcast. Um, I really hope you enjoyed the first episode. Um, I've had loads of amazing messages and feedback from everybody, um, which I'm very much appreciative of. Um, appreciative? Appreciative? That's the word, isn't it? Yeah, appreciative of. <laughs> um, and yeah, and even more, some of your spooky stories and things shared with me. So I'm very excited to share all of those now over the next couple of episodes um but yeah keep sending me any stories you have or you've heard or anything you have that you'd like to share with me that I can share with others um and we can keep this spooky adventure going um just quickly I want to add as well I've um, made an Instagram page which is specifically just for the podcast um so it's under the name creeping it real with Morgan the same as the podcast name um, and that's on Instagram. Um, I've made this page just so I can interact with people, like with you guys. So like um, I can answer you and reply to your stories. We can sort of discuss different topics and things that have gone on on the podcast. Um, and yeah, I'll just share any updates and everything in between. So if you could go over there and, and uh, follow the page, that would be much appreciative. And um, yeah, you can keep updates then throughout the week as well. So you, it's not just on the... Sunday when you get the podcast, you might get some updates throughout the week. Um, it's also a good way of like, spoiler, but later on in the, in the um, podcast, I have a story which involves an image that I want to talk about. So I'll put that image on the Instagram page so you guys can go over and see that as well. So it, it's just an easier way of me being able to interact with you um, visually as well as listening to me, if that makes sense. Um so yeah, so with that, let's get into our first story. Um, this first story that I'm going to tell you now is from a Reddit thread, which my auntie Haley actually sent me, um, and it's a spooky one. So here we go. It reads, my father passed away almost three years ago now, and to this day, I can't wrap my head around what I saw that night. He was in hospice, non-verbal, drugged, and asleep when he passed. Being COVID times, only my mother and I were by his side at that moment. In brackets, it says, only two visitors were allowed at a time. After he stopped breathing, my mum and I were just staring at him peacefully and holding hands, one either side of his bed. It was dim in his room, so dim that my vision was kind of grainy, and we were both really exhausted after a five-day-off-and-on vigil. With it being the middle of the night, my mum pulled the cord to call the nurse, and we waited for her. As I was staring at the wall above his head, it seems like I could see some kind of vapour or something. It reminded me of the way heat distorts your view over a campfire. Totally clear, but distorted and wavy moving. My mum caught me looking, and I must have had a puzzled look. She shot me by saying, do you see that? So she'd seen it too. Up until then, I figured I was just too fatigued and imagining things. I replied, yeah, what is it? She didn't reply, she just shrugged his shoulders in a I don't know kind of suggestion. Usually you should be the one to try and take the opportunity to point out some kind of religious proof. In brackets it says again, she's very Catholic and I am not. I said let's switch sides because I wanted to see if it was the same from her vantage point. So we got up and did that. I reached out to see if I could feel any heat emanating from my dad's head. But nothing. I was really trying to figure this one out. Find a logical explanation. It's not like he would have had that much more heat than before coming out anyway, considering that his body wouldn't be making as much, and surely not enough to distort the air. 
The room wasn't cold at all, as my dad always complained about the cold. This went on for a long time, maybe 20 minutes or more. Then the nurse came in and we were asked to step out for a minute. When we came back in, the window had been opened by the nurse and a fresh fresh breeze blew in. That's a difficult one to say, isn't it? Um, The nurse explained that they always open a window to let the spirit escape, which was news to me. My dad was covered at that point and there was no more of that phenomenon. So that's the end of that one. Um, that uh, This one actually, I wanted to share this because this is kind of a, this is a discussion one for me because I really don't know, I've never been in a room with um, a dead person, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I have no idea what you should expect to see if that, like, I, I don't know if it's like some sort of gases coming out of the body maybe, but um, I have actually heard the saying about nurses opening the window when someone passes away so that, like, it can let the spirit out the window. So I don't know. Is is that why they say it? Is that true? I'd like to believe that, actually, because that's quite a nice way, isn't it? You know, your spirit leaves your body when you die, and that's quite nice. Um, but, yeah, let me know what you think on that one. Um, and, again, yeah, that was a Reddit thread, just to let you know in case anybody wants to read up on that. Um Okay, so for this next little part, I have two very, they're just little comments that were made. So they're tiny little stories um, that I just wanted to share because it just just, it just interested me. Um, these come from a lovely lady called Ira who left these comments for me on a Facebook post. She writes, I moved to a present house keep, and I kept seeing a little lady on the stairs in an apron with a duster in her hand. I happened to mention it to my next door neighbour. She asked me what I looked like. I told her asked me what she looked like, so I told her. A few days later, she called me and showed me a photo of the lady who used to live here. Exactly down to the apron, it was exactly the same lady I'd seen on the stairs. Oh, wow. I mean, I love it when stuff like this happens because it sort of, like, verifies your your vision, if that makes sense. So when you've seen these things, so it's like... We all say, oh, we imagine things and this, that and the other, but could you really imagine the exact same thing? I mean, that, that I, I truly believe that that could have been a ghost. Um, she also said then that she sees a lot of people passing her kitchen window um, and she'd always knock, uh, she'd always be waiting for a knock on the back door because obviously I'm, I'm assuming her kitchen window is at the back of the house. So she'd be waiting for someone to knock on the back door, but nothing, nothing ever happened. Um, she said, turns out many, many years ago, there was a shortcut from the front of our house through our garden to the lanes behind us. Some days are busier than others. So what I take from that is I'm guessing the lane is no longer there, but obviously people who maybe possibly spirit people still think the lane is there, so they walk straight through and do that. Um, but wow, I just, I don't know, I, I really love those two little comments because I thought they were just quite, you know, um, and their personal stories, which again, I absolutely love reading. So always send me the little ones like that as well, guys, because I am really intrigued by those. Um, again, let me know what you think. We now have the platform of Instagram to talk about things on as well. So let me know what you think on that. Um, okay. So I don't, didn't know how to fit this, this bit in with like a corresponding story. So I'm just going to say it. And then if it corresponds, brilliant. If it doesn't, then just ignore me. But this one is actually, um, a personal story of mine, um, which I think I briefly, mentioned in the last episode that when I was younger I um 
seen some children playing in the garden of my childhood home. Um, but the house we lived in was a new build and it was built on the old school ground. Um, I don't actually have any memory of seeing the, the children because um, I was only like three or four years old. But this has been confirmed by my parents that it did happen and that I did see it. So, I, well, I, I claimed to see it when I was younger. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to tell you about a few little like things that have come into my memory now about that house when we lived there. Um, and my sister actually mentioned this to me the other day. Um, she used to have like an old CD player. Um, it was Playboy themed because this was the early 2000s. And it was like one of those boombox style ones. Like, I think, like, I don't know, just like the old CD players used to be with the, the open top thing. Um, and one night, it um, like during the early hours in the, in the morning, the CD player started playing music like really loudly. And it woke everybody up in the house. Um, but what was the weirdest part about the whole thing was the CD player wasn't even plugged in. So I don't know whether this is a supernatural situation or whether it's a faulty electrical item, um, but I just thought I'd share that little... Is it, is it called an anecdote if it's just me? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what an anecdote means, to be honest, but I like that word, so I'm going to say these are my little anecdotes. Um, so yeah, so I don't know, what do you think? Was it just a electrical fault? possibly. Um, but another story which is very similar to this, which also happened in the same house, um, was my father had a model car. Um, it was like the uh, Dukes of Hazard car, um, like that bright orange car. Um, and it was in like a um, glass cabinet in our dining room in the house because it was a collectible. Like my dad didn't want anybody like touching it. So it was like behind the glass doors. Um, and one night my auntie um, had actually come down to stay with us and we'd been watching horror movies and things and whilst we were watching the horror films the car actually started making um, the noise of the Dixie horn that the famous Dixie horn from the um, Dukes of Hazard. now I, for- I actually forgot to just mention the first little bit of the story this car was like remote control and it had buttons on the control which you could press and it would make wait actually were the buttons on the controller on the car I can't don't quote me on that because it might have been on the car or on the remote. Um, but you used to be able to like press the buttons and it'd make all different like famous no- like noises from the film. And one of them being the Dixie horn. Um, and yeah, this Dixie horn kept going off. Um, but when we went to check, it was still kept behind the glass. No one had been in the cupboard. The remote was there and there was the- nobody had touched it. So again... Is this just another faulty thing, or are the spirits in that house trying to connect through noise, <laughs> CD player, car? Um, I don't know. But again, um, my sister actually moved into a house which wasn't uh, too far away from where that house was, um, and my nephew had one of those like sitting cars that could be controlled like by the pedal or by the remote control. Do you know, like the um, you can get all different ones like Ferrari and all different ones like that and they, they, the child will sit in it and then they can press the, the pedal on the floor and it will go. Um, had one of those and um, it would always just go back and forth, drive around on its own um, without anybody touching the pedal or the remote. So yeah, that was another fault. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm not really saying ghost stories, I'm just saying about <laughs> faulty electrical items. Um, but they're unexplainable really because there's no batteries in 
in them so they need to be plugged in so well not plugged charged up then should we say for the the one car so possibly could have had a little bit of battery in it but what is making it move um yeah so let me know what you think because these are all just like little anecdotes that I wanted to share that I, I like I'm like I said I'm truly a skeptic so these things I'm I'm not saying they are spiritual or supernatural but they could be um I'd, I'd like to think they are because otherwise that makes this whole podcast pointless um so we'll go with that was the spooky supernatural situation that I had um let me know what you think and uh yeah if you have any um oh what's the word like solution explanations that's the word any explanation as to what this could be um let me know um so yeah anyway moving on so this next part um it's not particularly a story as such it's more of i want to talk about a place and then i'm going to tell you some little bits and pieces about this place now this is what i said about at the start of the podcast when i said about an image i wanted to share now there is uh it's it's quite a famous uh image that you you might have already seen um but i'm going to talk about um hampton court palace um which is a, a grade one listed royal palace in london borough of richmond upon t- upon times um it was built in 1514 and it was once the home of Henry VIII and most of his wives. Now, that's what fascinates me about this, the fact that Henry VIII lived there. I don't know what it is. I get really fascinated by Henry VIII. Because um, uh, where I live locally to me, there's Margan Castle. Um, and I believe he had some connections there, something to do with the Abbey as well. So I, I always like the history of Henry VIII. Anyway, Hampton Court Palace. Um these little stories I'm going to tell you now are from a website called historicroyalplaces.com. So I've only taken like snippets of stories off there. So if you want to read the whole ones, you can go over there and read them. Um, but yeah, the image I'm talking about, um, it was captured on a CCTV reel in October 2003. And it's basically a ghostly figure of, like flat, flinging open a fire door. Now, if you, if you look at the image it looks like a little skeletal kind of character in a black robe and it's bursting through the doors of Hampton Court Palace. Now, I might have made this up, but I remember seeing this this picture years ago, like when I was in primary school. I'm pretty sure that my primary school teacher showed us it when we were doing the Tudors um, in school. And I think it was claimed that people thought it could be Henry VIII's ghost. Um, I don't, however, believe that it is Henry VIII. I'd love to think that it is, but I don't think it is. It looks a bit too skeletary, which would make sense if he's dead, I suppose. But, you know, I'd like to think otherwise. Um, so, yeah, so I will put that image on um, the Instagram page and you can let me know what you think. I, this might have even been de- debunked before. I haven't done that much research into it. Um, I just love the idea of having a, a ghostly image to share. Um, but also, it does say, further down, um, that no living soul has ever come forward to admit that it was their prank. So the security staff have remained baffled ever since. Um, so yeah, let me know what you think. I think that's quite cool, actually, to have that that image. Um, but let's get debating on that. Let me know what you think. 
is it real? Um, anyway, I want to tell you a bit more about some of the little ghosts. <laughs> little ghosts? I don't know why I keep saying little ghosts. Uh, about some of the ghosts that ha- apparently haunt Hampton Court Palace. Um, also, let me know if any of you have been to Hampton Court Palace. Um, I personally haven't. I wish I have. I wish I have been because um, there seems to be a lot going on. But I don't think you can go there on a paranormal investigation anymore. Or at all. I don't think they've ever let anybody... Don't quote me on that, I'm pretty sure, because um, I know, like, the um, m- most haunted team have been to a lot of places um, in the UK, but I'm pretty sure that was the one place that I think I I heard, I remember Yvette Fielding saying that she wanted to go to, but they wouldn't let them, I think. Um, I don't know why, but apparently so. Um, anyway, the ghosts. So, the first story... Uh, of a ghost is the spectre of the silver stick stairs and it's a sad white wraith carrying a lighted taper and it's said to be henry viii's third wife jane seymour she died from post-birth complications at hampton court so jane seymour henry viii's third wife actually died in hampton court palace um and apparently um you can see her on the stairs because while he was delighted that uh, he'd had a son from her. She died during uh, childbirth, obviously. And apparently a pale figure is reported to appear on the silver silver stick stairs, um, which the stairs actually used to lead up to the room which Jane gave birth in and died. So that is a bit, um, bit weird, isn't it? That you can see her on the stairs, but it's, it's nevertheless, it's a ghost and we like ghost stories here. Um, and then again, another one of his wives, Catherine Howard, um, was apparently called, nicknamed the Screaming Queen. Um, Catherine's ghost is far more vocal and the sightings have been more regularly reported. So apparently you can see her more than any of the others. Um, Catherine was beheaded at the Tower in 1542 at age 19 for adultery and treason. It is claimed after she was arrested at Hampton Court, the terrified teenager broke free of her guards. She r- ran along what is now called the Haunted Gallery, screaming out to the king for mercy. She never reached Henry, who was at the prayer, who was at prayer in the chapel. Guards dragged her away and she never saw Henry again. It is said that her anguished ghost now repeats the heartbreaking journey, screaming through eternity. So, again, another one of his wife's haunt there. Um, another ghost as well is called the Grey Lady. Um, there's been numerous sightings of the Grey Lady and they call on her um, Sybil Penn, who was a servant to the four Tudor monarchs and she was a wet nurse to Edward. Um, she also nursed Elizabeth I devoutly through smallpox in 1562, um, which the Queen did recover from, but Sybil actually caught the pox and died soon afterwards. Um, her tomb, which is in the palace, uh, was disturbed when the church was renovated in 1829. And shortly after this, stories began to spread of the Grey Lady seen to walk the corridors of the State Departments and Clock Court at the palace. Sybil is also linked to the mysterious spinning wheel noises that were said to come from behind a wall in a grace and favour apartment. Legend has it that when the wall was removed, an old, much-used spinning wheel was discovered. So, 
Sybil is apparently haunting the rooms there as well. I Now, I quite like that one because it's almost like as if her tomb was disturbed and then it sort of woke the spirit up and now she's wandering around. Um, so that's quite a nice one. Um, also, here's a little random fact for you. On one day in 1999, d- during two separate tours, two female visitors actually fainted in exactly the same spot in the haunted gallery of Hampton Court. How do you explain that one? Was it just a hot day and they both were dehydrated? Or is it something supernatural? <laughs> Let me know what you think. But anyway, uh, let's get back into some more actual spooky stories. I just wanted to quickly say about Hampton Court Palace because it's more of I would like to know more. So if anybody does have any stories of Hampton Court, let me know. Um, and that's why I'd like I wanted to mention that in this 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 episode because I want to know more. So if you do have anything, please let me know. Um, but anyway, here's another little spook for you. Uh, this one is from boardpanda.com. And I think it's just a little... Yeah, it's just a short one. Um, but it's a little little tiny spook. Um, so it says, A father went to say goodnight to his son, as it was routine since he knew his son would have trouble sleeping if he didn't. It was a sort of silent tradition between them, one he'd never forgone to attend. The room was dimly lit by a lamp. Uh, why are all these rooms in these ghost stories dimly lit? Just turn your big lights on, people. Yeah, I know that there's a cost of living crisis, but would you rather cost of living or be haunted by ghosts? Turn the lights on. Anyway, <laughs> back to the story. Um, actually, do you know what? Uh, sorry, take back that, because if you guys weren't being haunted, then I wouldn't have any stories to tell. So leave the lights. <laughs> But I will keep mine on. Um, Anyway, the father could clearly see there was something unusual about the kid on that particular night. He looked the same, just with a huge grin that drew from year to year. You okay, buddy? He asked. The son nodded, still grinning, before saying, Daddy, would you check under my bed for monsters? The father chuckled and got on his knees to take a look. There, under the bed, was his son, his real son. Pale, trembling and scared to death, he whispered, Daddy, there's someone on my bed. Oh, okay, that gave me a little bit of creeps then at the end. I had goosebumps myself. Um, Again, I think this one's just a little story that's been made up, but um, imagine that. You just see like someone who you think is your, your child and he's grinning at you and you're just thinking, What's, why are you grinning at me? Um, and, oh, I don't know, spooky. Um, but yeah, share your thoughts on this as well. Um, do you think it's, do we think it's real? Probably not. It's from a website called boardpanda.com. So it's more than likely not true. Okay, moving on. This is going to be the last story on the podcast. Now, I know this, this episode's probably been a bit choppy and a bit all over the place because I haven't really given you full stories because I'm saving them to make one amazing episode um but I do need your guys help with more stories because I like the little ones I like having the long ones so any ones you've got please just send them over now this one was actually sent to me um by a person called Alex Stevens um, this was through a Halloween group that I'm part of on Facebook and they've sent, but it's actually from another source. So it's been passed on. Now, 
I had copied and pasted Alex's message onto my little... I, I wrote a little script for the episode, which that's why if you hear me turning paper, that's what it is. Um, now, I copied and pasted it. Well, then, when I read back through it later on, I realised that I don't know if I messed it up or whether it was messed up when I when I copied and pasted it, but it's all jumbled. So, I found the message again on my phone and I'm going to read it off the screen, so bear with me. This story is a little bit longer than the others, um, and quite possibly one of my favourites so far. Um, and the title for this story is called Satellite Images. It reads, A friend of mine showed me how to use Google Maps. I'm sure you've seen it. It lets you use satellite images to look at locations all over the world. A few years ago, I was in a car accident, and since then, I really don't like to leave the house often. It's difficult, and the idea of seeing a car drive by me makes me feel lightheaded. I was fascinated by the fact that I could see all over the world, almost like being there. I could virtually walk down streets and almost felt like I was really there. I became instantly hooked. It gave me a real eye on the world. I could go to almost any major city, and I did. I'd seen streets in China, Japan, Germany, England, so many places. I'd even gone to tourist attractions like the Great Barrier Reef and Dracula's Castle. My favourite was to go to random places in major cities and see how many people and animals I could find. The faces of the people were always blurred to protect their privacy, but it was still enjoyable seeing them out there, enjoying life, walking like it was no big deal. She must have good taste, I laughed. I zoomed in closer and noticed the grey bag she carried on a purple and on a grey and purple shoulder strap. She was walking in a relaxed manner, one hand trailing the wall behind, beside her. I bet if I could, I bet if I could see, have, oh, sorry, there were so many long words in that sentence. I bet if I could have seen her face, I would see that she was smiling. I began to feel a little sad. I let my hands fall onto the arms of my wheelchair and looked at her for a minute more. I wished that I could have been there walking so carefree with her. That wouldn't happen, though, until I died. I was stuck in this chair. I sighed and zoomed out of Tokyo. Enough of this for tonight. I turned off the computer and went to bed. Already, it's a little bit morbid, <laughs> I understand, but we we digress. Uh, I got up early and decided to look around Paris. Paris was always fun. I liked the look of the city with all all of the old beautiful buildings and so many people to watch. I randomly zoomed into an area and saw a street lined with old brick buildings, a few small shops and an old tan brick church. Ahead was an intersection and dozens of people walked by. A bald and businessman walked quickly past, looking back at an old woman, hair covered with a scarf, carrying a large purse. A curvy woman in black black pants that were too tight stared into a store window and two women led a small group of children around the corner. I spun the view around a few more times, and then I saw something peculiar. Sitting on the bench at the bus stop were two people. One of them was a young woman with her feet stuck in front of her in a relaxed manner. She was wearing a red pair of sneakers, like my own. I was startled for a moment as I noticed the black pants, white t-shirt, and black hooded jacket. Her dark brown hair was tied loosely behind her head, A grey bag sat on the bench beside her, the shoulder strap hooked over her shoulder. 
this is crazy, I thought. It can't possibly be the same woman. This is a different country, different continent even. How could it be her? This was stupid. It wasn't as if these were live photographs. They were taken ahead of time and then stored. It's not like she was in two places at once. She could just be a traveller. Besides, without seeing her face, it was impossible to tell it was the same person. Brown hair was probably the most common hair colour in the world. Those red sneakers were something I purchased online. I'm sure a million other people did too. I shook my head and went to fix some lunch. When I got back online, I decided to look at Berlin. I picked a random street as usual. It looked pretty empty. There were brick buildings lining the streets, looking more like factories than anything else. There were also empty lots full of long grass and piled gravel. There, was, there wasn't much to see at all. There was a line of motorbikes and a car with two German flags sticking out from it. After more searching, I found one kid. He looked like he was dressed for school, a jacket thrown over his bag. He was intently looking at some kind of mobile device. I was disappointed. I started to leave, but then I caught something out of the corner of my eye. I turned the view, and there they were. Those damn red sneakers. Bear with me, guys. I know this is a long-winded story, but we, we do get to an exciting part soon. She was standing on the street corner next to some kind of signpost. She had a hand on the post, looking down the street, as if waiting to cross the street. I stared in shock. How could she be there too? Even if she was travelling, there's no way I would find her every time. Even finding her in Paris would have been one heck of a coincidence. But this, this was crazy. Was this some kind of joke? Had Google decided to play a prank on its users that used their products, uh, product so much? It would have been a great joke. I did a quick search looking for a note about a woman that shows up like Waldo. There was nothing. I looked through articles on strange things you can see on Google Maps, but none of them mentioned the woman that travels the world with you. This was crazy. Had my self-imposed isolation driven me mad? Had I become so lonely that I'd cre created a hallucination for myself? Leaving the Berlin image on my screen, I sent a text message to my friend asking him to look at the locations. I asked him if he saw the same woman. Then I waited, hands sweating, heart thumping in my chest. I jumped when my phone beeped with a return text 10 minutes later saying, I see the lady you're talking about in Berlin. I didn't see her in Paris or Tokyo. Is this some kind of game or what? Are you okay? I didn't respond. Instead, returning to the locations in Tokyo and Paris. There she was. She was there, but, in but it was different. She no longer sat on the bus stop bench. In Paris, she was standing in front of it, looking for something in her bag. In Tokyo, she was blocks away, squatting down to pet that, to pet that calico cat. I shivered. Who was she and what was happening? I switched the map to Brussels. It was another city street. It was lined with old look buildings with shops on the level ground and what I guess was apartments above. I quickly scanned the streets. They were empty, other than a stocky woman in a bright blue sweater. I did a second sweep. She wasn't there. I sighed in relief. I couldn't believe I was getting so worked up about this. It was nothing but a coincidence. I stopped. My eyes frozen on the screen. There was a building at the point of a fork in the road, white with a black ironwork frame balcony just jut in from the second floor. I hadn't seen her as I'd been looking at the sidewalks. There she was, standing on the balcony. 
her head tilted in the direction of the camera, almost like she was coyly looking toward me. My breath caught in my throat. I switched to Sydney. She was leaning against the wall inside the doorway of a bright blue Carrick's pharmacy building. London showed her getting ready to step onto the, onto a red double-decker bus. Her head turned to look over her shoulder. She was everywhere I looked. She stood on a brick sidewalk on a bridge in Venice. She walked across a yellow-barred crosswork in Zurich. And in Hong Kong, she stood between Wing Lung Bank and McDonald's, adjusting the strap on her bag. In each picture, she came closer and closer, looking directly at me with her blurred face. My heart felt like a terrified bird, slamming around inside my chest. I couldn't catch my breath. I wasn't sure what to do. I couldn't call the police. Should I send screenshots to Google? I clenched my fists tightly and closed my eyes. Who was she? Was she following me? Was I following her? I wish I could have seen the expression on her face, to know what she looked like. I wanted to get out of the chair and run. Why is it the only thing that made me feel free again was this thing that made me feel even more trapped? I had to know. I typed in the name of my town and zoomed into a random street. It was a couple of miles away from my house. The gates of the city park shone in the clarity of daylight, despite it being night here. There she was. She was only a few miles from my house, standing under the ironwork arch that stated the name of the park. She looked, direct, she looked directly at the camera, directly at me. I felt like I might throw up. She was near me and she was watching me. She was coming for me. What did she want? I typed in the name of the apartment complex where I live. I could see outside the building. This is just red flags, isn't it? You don't do stuff like this. If you think you're being followed by some strange blurry-faced woman on Google Maps, don't give her your address. <laughs> don't put your address in because the likelihood is not going to end well. Um, back to the story. I searched everywhere for her. Um, the parking lot was full of cars. There was a few, a few blurred out children on the playground. I searched everywhere. She wasn't in the parking lot or on the sidewalks, not hiding between the buildings or standing in the playground. I even scanned each of the cars behind the bushes and each of the blurred windows. She wasn't there. I curled tightly around myself and laid my head down on the desk. This place was safe. I didn't leave the apartment anyway. I would never use Google Maps again. I would never see her again. She could stay at the park for all I cared. I smiled to myself. I was surprised to find a tear slipping down my face. I'm safe, I said to myself in a whisper. It felt good to hear it out loud. I'm safe. As I said it, there was a knock at the door. A chill ran down my spine. I had a camera hooked to my computer that showed who was at the front door, which made it easier for me with my mobility issues. I'm guessing that's like a ring doorbell. I slowly reached to the control to show myself who was outside, but my hand trembled furiously. As I touched the control, I realised my mistake. The last of Google images that I had seen had only showed the outside of the building. Just the outside. I looked at the screen and saw a woman in a white t-shirt, black pants, and black hooded jacket carrying a grey bag with a purple and grey striped shoulder strap. Of course, there were those red sneakers. She looked directly at the camera, her face still a complete blur. As I tried to stifle a scream, she raised a hand and knocked loudly on my door. What could she possibly want? <sighs> the end. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm really sorry. That was a very long-winded story to end up not being true. <laughs> um, but spooky. Um, what do we think to that? That is quite a, an interesting one, actually. When I, I actually, I'm pretty certain I've heard that story before. Um, probably on another podcast because I listen to so many podcasts um, whilst I'm at work that I... I, I'm 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 99% positive I've heard that one before. Anyway, it was sent to me by Alex Stevens, so thank you for sharing. Um, it does then, however, say when I clicked on the web page that I just found that one from, um, the second one that wasn't uh, jumbled up. Um, it does say that it is just a fiction story, so it is not real, which makes me a lot more comfortable because I don't think I'd be very happy. <laughs> Uh, live in my house if I'd seen that very woman on my ring doorbell either um, but yeah let me know what you think um, so yeah as I said that was the last story of the episode that is all I have for you this time um, again I am sorry that it was a bit choppy and a bit like not really organized but I'm getting to a point where I want to I want to fill each episode with amazing stories so if you have any little ones and I kind of want to split it up into sections as well where we can have um, a, like maybe do one real, one fake and then like two personal stories from you guys or some, something something like that. Um, but yeah, I we've come to the end of the episode, episode two. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I really hope you all enjoyed. Um, as I said last time, I'm still really new. So I'm trying to work out the best ways to deliver the stories as well as putting them in in order. So like I'm trying to, you know, work out what the best way for me to tell the stories are as well. Um, all your feedback is much appreciated. So please let me know what you think. Don't forget to send me all your stories and experiences. I do want to hear them all no matter how short or long. So don't be, don't be shy. Please get in touch via Instagram, TikTok or email. The email for the podcast is keepingitrealwithmorgan at gmail.com. Um, I look forward to hearing from all of you and I will be back next week with some more spooky stories. Um, So until then, stay spooky and always creep it real. Bye guys.